I'm Mike. And I'm Adam. And this is Stuff and Waffle. Two friends talking about stuff, and often as not, waffling with frequent reference to Bond cars. Okay, here's here's a topic that I saw doing, I don't know, doing the rounds. It was a while back, but I thought, well, that's quite interesting. Of uh, cars that have been rebadged by other manufacturers. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Because uh, there's some ones that are just blatant, just badge changes, quite literally just that. Yeah. A couple that spring to mind. Do you remember the the, the Honda Crossroad? Ah, no, I don't think I do. I might have to look that up. Oh, it'll look very familiar when you find it. Yeah, I bet it will. There's one I have in mind, but the cross, oh yeah, the Crossroad, there we are. Ah, okay. That's yes. not a Honda. It's not, is it? No, most definitely not. A rebadged Land Rover Discovery. Oh, would you like a nerdy fact to go along with it? I'd love one. It's the only Honda to date to have a V8 engine. Wow. There you go. Wow, that is... that. Yeah, okay, that is quite <laughs> a fact. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Well, that is shameless, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, oh really. yeah, but obviously that it was they they had the tie in at that point anyway. I suppose was, they did. Yeah, there was a lot going the other way. So it funny. It almost looks more appropriate to have a Honda badge on it than a Land Rover badge. Or I don't know why. except the reliability. Yeah, well, obviously it didn't have any of that. No, <laughs> no, 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 none of that at all. No. Blimey, look at that. A Series 1 Land Rover Discovery with a Honda badge. There you go. Wow. I was unaware of that. I've learned something there. Now, the car that immediately sprung to mind was the Alfa Romeo Arna. Which oh. was, in fact, a Nissan Cherry. Yes, I did. Yeah, that, 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 that had escaped my mind. I'd forgotten. It was that the was... wrong way round, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Nissan did the design and Alfa Romeo <laughs> built it. Oh, dear. Yeah, you don't nobody, want that. Nobody wants that. No. Oh. But yeah, how did that come? How did it? How was it decided that it would be done that way round? <laughs> Who thought that would be a good idea? It's just, it's not going to be a seller, that, is it? No, which of these two companies would you like to be in charge of the styling? And which <laughs> which would you like to be in charge of screwing it together? <laughs> you got it the wrong way round. You really did. Um, oh, that's dear. the that's the the initial thing. I mean, that wasn't, I suppose, technically even a rebadging. That was just a joint project that went horribly wrong. Oh yeah, that's that wasn't clever that at all. No. It really wasn't intelligent use of either company's skills. <laughs> no. Oh, I'll tell you another one that was just blatant. Back when, uh, uh, well, it must have been mid-late 90s, when Ford and Mazda were sharing many things. Mm-hmm. Still do, don't they? Isn't Mazda uh, still th- part of Ford, I think? See, it could well be, actually. Yeah, I think it is. The... God, what would it have been? The Mark IV Fiesta, the right. sort of the 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 balloon shaped one. Uh, yes. Do you remember the uh, Mazda one two one? Ooh, yeah, I do. That was a uh, 
Well, that was a fiesta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did at least change the way it looked a bit. Um, oh, ish. It, yeah, it had a bit yeah. of black plastic on the boot and a slightly different grill. <laughs> you ain't fooling anyone there, chaps. No, that's fair enough. Mm. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? You'd, why would someone think that's because a good I'm, idea? Because I'm sure that was sold here as well. I and don't remember that, but you may be right. Yeah, I just think who's buying it? Why would you have that instead of the Fiesta? Mm. Yeah, you might be right, actually. I do remember seeing them with a slightly none thinking, why has that got a funny grill? Has somebody done that to their own car? Has somebody mm. put a different grill on it because they think it looks better? But it turns out, no. Oh, that's right, and the slightly different rear lights. No, I think it was sold here. Now you've said that. I do remember perhaps seeing a few. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, because it's... Thinking, why would you do that? And why would you sell it in the same market? That's that's weird, isn't it? And yeah, why, why would you have them competing against each other in in a market? In, like I said, in a market where everyone's just going to buy the Ford. You, well, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Of course uh, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um... yeah. It's just you... a no-brainer, isn't it? You just would. <laughs> I, yeah, it's very strange. I remember. I I still see it uh, every now and then. Actually, it's. Um... Uh, Nissan Micra, the uh, K12, uh, mm. so th- Mark III yeah. in normal terms. Yeah. There is a brown, a brown one going around here. Oh, right. Which, all right, that's, it's not the most common color, but yeah, right, and, and a third-generation Nissan Micra. However, it's a Japanese import. Yeah, well, yeah. Why, why have you done that? Because that's a car that's readily available, and you've imported one, which will actually cost you more to insure. I had a friend who did that. She'd lived in Japan for a while and had a Toyota Igo out there, hmm. um, and then came back to the UK and imported the car back with her. Because, of course, it's right-hand drive. Oh, yeah, but I mean... Did, but it was a slightly... Yeah, it's not like it's a rare classic or something that you wouldn't be able to have again. Um, no, I, I, I just didn't get it because I no. I had to but do a double do take. It. People do it because they think, oh, it's right-hand drive, it's easy, I'll just bring that home. <laughs> think, but, well, why, why are you paying this money? We yes. have them. Just sell it and then buy one. There's, there's more here. We've already got them. <laughs> yes. That's the first time I saw it. I, I, was, I was following it, I think. That says Nissan March on it, and it go, oh, it's got a square plate. Why? Why have you done this? Yeah, why have you imported this <laughs> when they were at great expense? When there were already loads of them here. Do you remember the the off the back of that the previous generation Micra, the the K11, the the first sort of bubbly shaped one. Yes. Um, in Japan, they they I'm sure they did a March box, which was. A really weird estate version. Oh, really? Oh, I was unaware of that. Yeah, it's a very strange-looking thing. You're not going to get much of a boot out of it, but yeah, that 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 did exist. Wow. There you go. No, that's I. There is. There's one that. Uh, correct me if this this wasn't a rebadging, but there was a company that made, or it may have been Nissan themselves. They made it was a it was that bubbly micro, but it it had the front end and the back end 
of a Mark II Jag. Oh, I know the one you mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, good heavens! What was it? Not the one that Johnny Smith's wife's got. The... No, that's that's the Figaro, isn't it? Not the Figaro. It's not that, but it's a similar sort of thing. Uh, it's the Mitsuoka Vute. There you go. Yep. There you go. You you used to see one around here. Mm. There was one. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange looking thing, but not not that uncommon, really. No, apparently not. There isn't. There is a rebadging that I know of, which was never sold. I believe. I believe was never sold in the UK, but was made for the American and Brazilian markets. The Ford Royale, which was a VW Passat with a basically a slightly different front end and a Ford badge on it. It was a joint venture between Ford and Volkswagen. Have they ever and, teamed up before? Uh, not that I'm aware of. It was in the early 90s, a uh, joint venture between Ford and Volkswagen, um, specifically for the South American and Brazilian markets. Uh, and it was a Passat estate, but sold as a, as a Ford, and it was called the Royale. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up. I, uh, yeah, yeah, you can you can see a bit of Passat in there. Yeah, particularly at the back. Yeah, it's and oh. the doors are mm. just straight Passat. There's no change to those at all. I don't think. <laughs> no, I suppose they must have kept at least the middle bit the same for it's cost. Just, they've just changed the front and the back a tiny bit. Yeah. Oh, very it is, good. It is clearly a VW Passat. Excellent. Oh, well, well spotted. I like that one. Here's, here's another one for you. Uh, back to Japan. Mm. The, oh, I always struggle with how it's pronounced, but it's the Subaru Travik, T-R-A-V-I-Q. Okay. You may spot that as another vehicle. Might I? Yes. And, and not an exciting one either. Oh, dear. Yes, a vehicle that has become quite well known for bursting into flames. Mm, that's the one. Yeah. It's, it's the it's right vintage for flames as well. It is. Uh, yeah. The yes, the good old Vauxhall Safira. Dear oh dear, that is a dreary box, isn't it? Mm. I think that's why they started catching fire. I think they were just so upset with their lives as Vauxhall Safiras, they just had to end it. Oh yeah, just reckon it was just self awareness going, No, no, I can't do this now. I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. I can't live like this. And it's just poof. Yeah. No, <laughs> Gone. Just... Cannot get excited about that, but yeah, what a strange thing! I, I, it's one of those cars. You think, did that even sell in Japan? Why? Why bother? Very weird, isn't it? Surely they must have had enough of that type of car in Japan already. Well, I mean, how much choice do you need in that area of the market, really? You, you don't, and and Japan they're, they're very conscious of the size of their cars as well. You think. Well, there are strict laws about it, aren't they? Because they haven't got a lot of space. No, that's it. Yeah, I mean, city centres are uh, very strict about that sort of thing. Yeah, they are. That's what yeah. gave birth to the K cars, of course. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, chucking in a a people carrier is really not going to help. No, I don't understand. But I mean, half these that we've talked about, I don't understand why they exist in the first place. Mm. The original car already existed and was being sold everywhere. Why do you need another one? It's, it's weird, isn't it? It yeah. doesn't make a huge amount of sense. I mean, I could understand it perhaps if you've got a parent company that's trying to throw a bone to a, a division that's not doing so well. But when you've got two big 
successful automakers that are dominating in their own markets come together to share a platform like that and sell it in a market where they are already successful. Mm. You think, well, what? Why? <laughs> why are you doing? This? It doesn't need to exist. It doesn't. You, do you remember back in the nineties uh, and over here that there was? I mean, I'm assuming it was sold in other countries too. But there were three manufacturers that all developed the same, helped develop the same car, and then all sold it here as well. Do you remember that it was the the people carriers, the Ford Galaxy? The yes. VW Saran. Yes. And the Seat Alhambra, was it? Yes, I believe so. They were all identical. I mean, that wasn't even, they didn't even change the styling on those. No. They were identical. You think, well, what are you achieving there? Yeah. You still see a lot of those around in all three variants. They they all sold really well. I mean, I can understand. Maybe, maybe they're sort of pandering to the brand loyalty where there's certain people who will only buy a Ford and certain people who will only buy a VW. So they give they give them all the same car. I don't Weird. Know. Weird. It is strange. Rebadging for different parts of the world, maybe. I could understand. Um, it's when they're all on sale together, it makes no sense. Especially when you're talking about stuff like people carriers or, you know, minivans as they call them in America. That's not an area of the market where you're going to be particularly picky. You're not buying performance, you're not certainly not buying style. Um, we know, are you? Um, and when you've got brands like Ford and VW, they're all kind of you know similar build, similar reliability, certainly at that sort of age. And you think, why, why produce deliberately competing products? Well, basically, the same product, and then well, yeah, throw them all don't... out there and have them all compete with each other. Yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense, but no, it, like, it carried on for years, didn't it? Yeah, it did, it did. Weird. Like you say about rebadging for different markets, you think um, the the Japanese manufacturers being quite clever in the American market and launching a different, more American-sounding name, but selling yes. the same cars. Yes. Now there was a lot of that went on. Yeah. Well, it's then still goes on because you've got um, uh, are Infinity still going over there? I believe so. Yeah, the Posh. Brand posh. or a seemingly posh American brand, yeah, was, yeah, which was, is um, basically Nissan, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's, uh, it's the it's Nissan's answer to Lexus, isn't it? Mm. And of course, that's how Lexus came about. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, they were, that's what started it. Yeah, it was the, Japanese the Mercedes. The ja- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, the 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 the, the posher end of Toyota. For the American market, yeah, they're not daft. No, well, well, I think the buyers are, but the companies aren't. <laughs> I don't think. No, well, no. It's rumored that, and I don't know if this is true, but it is. I think it's a widely held belief that the the name Lexus actually stands for luxury exports to the U.S. That's apparently like that. what it stands for. I don't know if that's true. Um, but it's oh. it's widely believed, and it worked. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, if that is bit, what huh? it means, it's perfect. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that that worked a treat. Yeah, but it's oh, it's it's not car related, and it's on a complete tangent. But that naming thing, something specific to us. It, do you remember Curry's did a lot of own brand electronics? They did, yeah, and they, they decided. Really they decided to uh, name it 
something Japanese sounding, so people bought it. <laughs> Remember, it was called Matsui. Oh, of course. I'd forgotten that. There you go. But you're right. Yes, the people think, oh, Japanese, that'll be built well. <laughs> <laughs> See, again, yeah, it works, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten that, that that was a completely made-up name. <laughs> but there were so many of that sort of thing in the market, weren't they? That there was like Alba was another one, oh, Aiwa, God, yeah. and there oh were yeah, these, yeah, yeah, these horrible Oriental-sounding names that oh, people just used to buy. Plastic tat. Yeah, absolutely. We love a movie, don't we? Well, yes, we do. Yes, we do. And we love a car. Mm, where's this going, then? <laughs> well, best and worst car movies, car-based movies, or movies that aren't necessarily car-based but have really strong car-based sequences. I can see a bit of crossover happening here. Yes, I suspect there will be. Yes. Okay. But perhaps contention and debate as well. Well, who knows? Who right, knows? Well, go on then. Uh, let's let's start with let's start with best. Then what have you got at the top of your list? Top of my list. Well, it changes. Okay, um, that that's fine. I mean, we're not. We can have a we can have a, a few that you consider good ones. Yeah, it changes. One favorite that. Myself and my good lady uh, enjoy uh, from time to time. Gone in 60 seconds. Very good. It's an obvious choice, the new one. The original has the the chase sequence, which admittedly in the original is a good half of the movie, um, is superb, but the rest of the film is a bit lacking. Yes, Um, as soon as you said it, I was about to put that in the worst pile, to be honest. Yeah. Narrative-wise, it is. Narrative-wise, it's awful. Acting-wise, it's truly atrocious. But the chase sequence with the Mustang, which goes on and on and on, (laughs) and it looks like a crumpled crisp packet by the time they've finished. Mm. That car still exists. That Mustang Mark I, it still exists, and it's still in the state that it was in at the end of filming. Um, and the, the guy who owns it takes it to shows, and he's meticulously maintained it in that state, with the wings hanging off and the smashed windscreen, and like, every panel absolutely destroyed. Um, no back end on it. The the boot doesn't close properly. It's completely knackered. But he's maintained it like that. Well, that's it, to be commended, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he takes it to show. He's it runs and drives. Not very well, but it runs and drives, <laughs> and he takes it to shows. But yes, that 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 film has some good moments in that chase sequence, but the rest of it uh, is truly terrible. But the new one, the Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie one, um, we, mm. we thoroughly enjoy. Although there is a mistake in it. I think you'll find. Yes, there's probably many mistakes, but there is one mistake. At one point, they steal... Uh, Jaguar XJR. Mm-hmm. But, and you see them getting it, and then the next scene is them crossing it off on the blackboard. The car they cross off on the blackboard is a Jaguar XJ220. That's true. Which Whoever edited it together obviously just saw Jag XJ yeah. 
and didn't realise it was yes. a different car. Because, yeah, that car does crop up, but yes. not, not at the right time for the crossing Not at off. that moment. It's, an ed- it's a failure of editing. Whoever mm. edited that together didn't realise the difference between a Jaguar XJR and a Jaguar XJ220, and they are very different. Yes, um, somewhat different, yeah. There is that mistake in it. Oh, there may be other mistakes in it, but that's one that always that I always spot. So we, in, we enjoy that from time to time. Um, that's one of our go-to, can't decide what else to watch films. Yeah, it's a strong choice. Another one which I know will be a popular choice, of course, is Ronin. The car work in that is truly tremendous. The the director, John Frankenheimer, who is also the director of the um, F1 film from the 60s. Um, oh, yes. Uh, huge yeah. petrol head. Great lover of uh, of realism. And the 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 stunt work in um ronin yeah is is brilliant they apparently they the sequence with the peugeot and the bmw 535 where they end up going the wrong way up the motorway you remember that yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. they did that with right hand drive cars driven by stunt drivers but with left-hand drive dashboards fitted so that they could put the actors in the passenger seat with a fake steering wheel, camera on them, and they could act and react, but they didn't actually have to worry about driving the car. The stunt driver in the passenger seat, effectively, the the real driver's seat, um, was actually controlling the cars. Yeah, Um, quite clever. I mean, fair play to the acting ability there as well, because I probably would have crapped myself. If you look particularly at um, Natasha McElhone, who's driving the BMW, um, as they're going the wrong way on the motorway, and she's swerving in and out of the traffic, hitting the brakes, hitting the accelerator, desperately trying to miss the traffic that's coming straight at them, the stress that she puts on her face. um, That's probably genuine. It may well have been genuine, but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you really feel that you're in the moment. And they had those cars traveling at speed. That wasn't faked, you know. Mm. Um, certainly the the BMW at one point was doing over 100 miles an hour the wrong way, <laughs> the motorway. I'm not really um, thinking that during that, there, there's a bit of a scene of the dashboard while they're going along and the dials aren't actually reading what's happening. That may be true. Yes, I'm not aware of that, but that may well be true. Because mm. um, I think for some of it, they would mount the car on a trailer and obviously pull it so that it's not mm. to worry about operating it. They'll have done all sorts of tricks. There's two other things with that particular sequence. At one point, the BMW suffered a complete electrical failure, and there is a fa- frame or two in the film where you can see all its lights come on. <laughs> indicators, brake lights, reverse lights, everything, the whole assembly just lights up. Um, it's in the film. There's just two or three frames where you see the car from behind. Mm. And you think, hang on, that's not right. That's <laughs> quite clearly broken. Yeah, incredible sequences. The stuff with the Audi S8 and the Citroen XM um, near the oh, beginning of the film and the Merc S class. Yeah. Of all the cars that you think are going to have an electrical failure, you think maybe the XM would have. Do you think are you thinking maybe of the Citroen? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Yes. Particularly the XM. There was a reason the Citroen XM was rare. Lovely thing. 
lovely indeed yeah tremendous thing and the old merc s-class that they have in that oh the brown um, one isn't it the brown one the metallic brown s-class yeah there's some lovely cars in that film and the audi s8 of course is is quite cool and collectible these days it um, is quite sought and, after oh and i think when they go to the hotel to take the photographs uh, correct me if i'm wrong but there's a uh, there's a Ferrari 456 outside. Bit of there nice is. pornography there. Yes, nicely. But, but again, because the director was such a huge petrol head, mm. um, all these kind of things. There's a Xantia in it as well, isn't there? One of the characters drives a Citroen Xantia. Yeah, there's some really good car casting in that. But the the chase sequences particularly are stunning. Um, yeah, really, really well done. Well. The crash at the end of the sequence with the Peugeot and the BMW was apparently an accident where the BMW goes up on, on two wheels. It wasn't supposed to roll over. Okay. It was, it was supposed to go up on two wheels and drive sideways. They, the stunt driver hit the ramp and overcooked it a little bit and the car rolled over onto its roof and just sort of slid along. And apparently they caught it on film and it looked so good that he said, no, never mind what's in the script, we're going to use that. <laughs> that looks really good. <laughs> so where it slides along on its roof and then falls off the, the mm. bridge uh, was an accident, but it looks so good that they kept it in. Ah, very good. Very cool. There's, uh, isn't there the, uh, among the among the car nerds, isn't there a bit of uh, issue with the BMW? Switching between M5 and 535. Yeah, because they had several cars and they didn't mm. quite match the badging. Yes, indeed. Um, some of them, yeah, some of them were, uh, or one of them was an M5 and the other was just an ordinary 535. Yes, that's true. Um, I'll tell you what, on, the, on that sort of switching, I mean, that that's fine because it's, like you say, it's badging at that point. That was what? badging, and that, and that was just a little bit sloppy because they could have sorted that just by taking the badges off and nobody would have yeah. known. Um. <laughs> There's one film that really grates me with switching cars. Remember Bad oh. Boys 2 and the Ferrari? Oh. The constant yeah. shopping between a 550 and a 575. Yeah. And both of those cars, while not colossally different, they are visually different. To people that's, in the know, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, but the yeah. biggest problem with that film was that both of those cars have V12 engines, but it was overdubbed with flat plane, uh, flat plane crank Ferrari V8 noises. <laughs> it's people not knowing, though, isn't it, mm. or not bothering to find out? I mean, Clarkson always made this point that you know you do a period piece and they'll make sure that every button on the elizabethan sleeve is exactly right but any old car will do mm. um, yes it, it, it's bloody annoying isn't it yeah it is there's a lot of examples of that where they don't quite don't quite get it right mm. um there is an example of it in quite a big way in my next choice which would be the 1971 spielberg classic duel Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm assuming you're referring to the truck itself. Yeah, I am. Yes, mm. that's right. Um, and it, was, it wasn't an error of continuity so much in filming 
No. It was the fact that the film was shot in two halves at different times and they couldn't get the original truck. Well, that was the problem, wasn't it? It was only it was only a short film originally. It was a TV. It was a TV thing. It was shot for TV because Spielberg was. It was Spielberg's first film. He wasn't mm. what he became. He was fairly unknown at the time, and he'd been commissioned to do this thing for as a, as a little sort of t- dra- dramatic TV movie. Mm. But it was so good that they said, "Oh no, we want to do a cinema release out of this, but it isn't long enough." And it, we were like two years later. Yeah, and he he had to go back and refilm a whole load of new scenes get dennis weaver back get back <laughs> the plymouth valiant Very um, good. and uh and find another truck which mm. was a problem i mean getting the car wasn't too much of an issue finding the truck because <laughs> it was yeah. an old truck to begin with it's a 1940s truck i think yeah that, that's um, a peterbilt a peterbilt truck and they they couldn't get one they had to they had to find another one which wasn't quite the same. It was slightly newer and then try and dress it to look like the original, which is no small job. And I think they custom built the trailer, the tanker that it pulls. Right. They simply couldn't find one. Um, it was such an unusual thing that they, they had to make one out of, you know, sheet steel and things and just kind of fabricate it. And there are, yeah, quite a few differences. But because it was all cut together in a kind of jumbled up way, the truck, if you watch the full movie, yeah, it keeps changing. <laughs> it switches mm. back and forth between the, the older and the newer. And although they did a, a a good effort of trying to make them match, the, the base truck is just a bit different. Um, the headlights are slightly different and the fenders are slightly different and it's, you know... There's tanks on the back of it, which are not quite the same and things like mm. that. And they just couldn't quite match it because it was a rare truck at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and coming back a few years later and trying to find another one was not easy. I don't know what happened to the original. The one that's used in the later scenes is owned by a, a truck collector in the in the States. Uh, okay. and again, he's, ma- he's maintained it in the state that it was, you know, with all the... All the patina, as they call it, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, very cool. But yes, that was another one that is a a brilliant film. Um, yeah, really good film, really good film. Uh, properly suspenseful, but uh, yeah, it does have a, a slight continuity problem because of how it was shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, that can't really be helped, can it? No, no, that wasn't um, an oversight. That was just a no. It wasn't a mistake. It was- Function of how you know they they had no choice, um, mm. and they they did their best with it years later, trying to find something that was rare in the first place. So, the next one on my list, uh, again, of best movies is uh, again bringing us right up to date. Um, the Ryan Gosling film of 2011, Drive. Drive yes, there we go. That's brilliant. That's yeah, one of my really all time favorites. It's just fantastic. It ticks all the boxes there. Yeah, it really the, does. It's got a lot of good car action, music mm. superb. Oh, yeah. Just just all round good. It's just, yeah, there's not a weak moment in that film. No, not at all. Um, from beginning to end, it's brilliant. Uh I can't yeah, I can't think of a of a, of a of a problem with that film. It's just it's just perfect from the beginning to the end. No, you you're completely right. I mean of the ones you've already listed, I mean, we've got Ronin and this and Drive are the 
are the two that were on my list. Right, yes, I'd be surprised if you didn't choose either of those. Yes. <laughs> it's difficult to go to pick a, to pick something that is your best choice that is specifically a car film. I don't think you can really, and I think it changes and there's lots of films that are like I mean I was going to mention the Transporter, the original Transporter film, well, in fact all three of them. They're not good films. But they have <laughs> but they have well they're not, are they? Let's be honest. We but don't watch are. it for the story, certainly. No, um, they are brilliant. They are brilliant and have really strong, strong uh, car scenes in them. And I do, I do sort of begrudgingly enjoy them, even though you know you're not looking for anything too deep there. <laughs> no, it's not Shakespeare. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's yeah, they're 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 good stuff. And I would also, I mean, one that's, I suppose, worth a mention is The Italian Job. Again, that's, it's a stronger film in its own right, but the the sequence with the, with the minis at the end, I mean, it's just, it's just classic, isn't it? You just can't. It is. But then you've got to think the, the Jags and the Aston in the Alps again. True, yes, and, and the, uh, and the, Fiat, the Fiat Dino Coupes. Oh, yeah, 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 of the, of the, uh, the Mafia vehicles, yeah. Um, yes, of- the opening sequence as well. Oh, the Mura. Bit of Matt, Matt, Monroe. Matt Monroe. Oh, that is one of the most perfect film openings. The Lamborghini Mura up through the Alps with on days like these playing. I mean, there's just, yeah. Yes, it's perfect, mm. isn't it? Truly yeah, you, wonderful. Yeah, you can't knock that, actually. Thinking about it, you go, well, actually, no, that might have shot to the top of the list just because of that on its own. Just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. That car still exists as well. Um, it was uncovered, I think, a couple of years ago, and restored. Um, the actual one. Oh my! My poor dad used to hate me. Every oh, I can't imagine that. <laughs> every Sunday morning when I was a kid, he used to come downstairs. Right, let's get you some breakfast. What do you want to watch? Italian job. Really? Every, every Sunday. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes. I remember he he went to stay at his brother's <laughs> very briefly, and the Italian job happened to be on the TV when uh, he arrived at my uncle's, and he saw a fleeting glimpse of a not particularly important scene. He went, "Oh, Italian job is it? Is that? The bloody hell, <laughs> do you know that? Is that? I watch it every week. Every week. Yes, I've now seen it five hundred times." <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, we we were a bit obsessed with that, then. We? I was a little bit, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, okay, it can happen. Yeah, I had that a little bit with the Fourth Protocol, which is a strange film to get that about. But oh, it's, a good it's a good film. It is a good film. Yeah, it is a good film. There's a couple of car moments in there actually. Rover SD one. Yeah, black Rover SD one, driving onto the train platform and handbrake turn. That's very cool. Transit. Um, oh, yeah. As well, where they, yeah, they, they smash it through a load of cars and doing things with a transit that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Yep. Who signed for this van? Um, <laughs> all that stuff. You did. All that sort of stuff. And, of course, Escort XR3i, which we've mentioned before. Well, that's um, it. And 
That's enough for you, isn't it, really? That's enough for me. It's all I need. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Another one that's worth a mention, again, only really for one sequence, but it was an outstanding sequence, is the French Connection. With, true. With Gene Hackman chasing the train through New York, which I believe they filmed without a permit. Ooh, very naughty. They stuck Gene Hackman in the car and said, plant your foot and head that way. And most of the cars that he swerves around in that scene, it was shot very early on a Sunday morning, were real. They, they shot it without a permit. And a lot of it is he's just in the traffic <laughs> going for it. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that more than once from numerous different sources. So you imagine it's probably true, or there is some truth to it, that it was shot without a permit from the city. And they, that, or they, they just did it. <laughs> mind you, that puts you in mind of, uh, do you remember uh, that short film that's quite famous now, the uh, Sete Un Rendezvous? Yes, with the Ferrari. Absolutely. That just utter perfection that yeah absolutely yeah there's been a few attempts to copy that haven't there over the years mm. yeah not yeah not to mention the horrific modern one that ferrari did as a pr stunt oh uh, yeah no that was a bit sad wasn't it really it was just a shameless ripoff yes that didn't really work wasn't I mean, the story of the original one, wasn't it uh, actually shot on a Mercedes and then overdubbed with a Ferrari? <laughs> Again, I have heard that. I, I, have, I have no idea if it's true, but I have heard that. Yes. Yeah, I've heard that it was, yeah, his, uh, what was the guy's name? Oh, Claude. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and it was... Uh, mounted to the front of his Mercedes, but then overdubbed with a Ferrari two seven five. Yeah, uh, again, I, I have heard that. Yeah, bit disappointing if that is the case. <laughs> but still, wonderful bit of driving. Oh, absolutely. Yes, regardless of whether it was a Merc or a or a Fezzer, it's still yeah, still brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yes, a, a real piece of history that film. Yeah, what was it? What was it, eight minutes? If that it's not very long, yeah, it's not very long at all. It mm -hmm. um, there's another again. It's not a, any means a a car film, um, and we're sort of showing my knowledge of weird old movies here. There's a film with Michael J. Fox called The Hard Way, and there's a sequence in that he's not a cop, but he's playing someone who is. He's he's an actor who is got a film role coming up where he plays a cop, so he decides it would be a good idea if he went and worked with some real cops for a period of time to kind of soak up the atmosphere and you know see how they work. And uh -huh. he gets embroiled in a in a real case, and at one point he finds himself at the wheel of a, a police car, a, a Dodge Monaco, I believe, with the villain in the back. And there's a sequence where he plows through a, a kind of open air market. Mm -hmm. There's kind of stuff going everywhere and it hits something and the car launches up in the air. And as it flies through the air, he's shouting, put down the gun to the villain. And the villain is saying, stop the car. And of course, neither of them can do either. And 
it just <laughs> flies through the air with them stop the car put down the gun stop the car put down the gun and it just it goes on and on and on it's yeah it's one of those moments it's 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 quite a good film it's not by any means a car film but it's one of those things that's got quite an enjoyable car moment in it okay uh, i've not i've not seen that it's, again it's uh, yeah it, it's worth worth finding it's not one of those movies that ever seems to turn up anywhere mm. um even though it's got some quite big stars in it but it just you know strange how that happens to movies sometimes on the on the uh, topic of michael j fox mm film is again not at all car related but doc hollywood mm. he has the uh, 356 speedster i was gonna say it's porsche speedster yeah absolutely just out of nowhere that car actually the speed not that specific car but the speedster turns up a lot in movies there's a lot of characters there's a movie i watched the other night called um sneakers so again it's one of our favorites with robert redford mm-hmm. um and he's got a 356 speedster in that it's never mentioned. There's never any reference to it. It's just his car. That's um, weird, isn't it? it, it like and again, um, Eddie Murphy's car in um, 48 Hours is a 356 Speedster. They just and, turn up. Uh, point Break. Yeah, again. Yes. <laughs> They're everywhere. Was that, how can these people afford this vehicle? Well, exactly, yes. Um, they do. That car pops up a lot. A bit weird, that. You'd think they were everywhere in the 1980s in America. I mean, maybe they were. Well, maybe they were, but obviously there are a lot of replicas kicking about as well. True. Yes, that's true. Even today there are, aren't there? Yeah. We, we've we've both glossed over one particular one. Well, maybe uh, we just haven't got to it yet. No, I think, yeah, I think that's more the case. So we've not got to it. Uh, and that would be Bullet. Well, yes. I mean, that's, yeah, it's an obvious choice. It is. It's an important um, choice. It is an important choice. Yes, that's true. Mustang or Charger, though? Uh, I'm Mustang. Yeah, I think I am, too. So, yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm not on the fence on that one. Uh, no. Well, I do like the one in Bullet, because that's a 68. Oh, very good. I prefer the earlier Mustang. Okay. For yeah. it. I mean, it wasn't a huge styling change, but it was enough for me to go, actually, I prefer well, 66 4. The bullet one was not entirely stock, was it? No, not from what I've heard, no. No, it had been twiddled with a bit. It had been breathed on to Steve McQueen's specifications, from what I heard. Well, he he had them adjust it a bit. (laughs) Well, he, he does have that sweaty i'd say yes i think so i mean again it's it's all about that one sequence isn't it yeah i mean if you can remember any of the other bits of the film then fair play (laughs) that's the problem isn't it i mean you've got it's got robert vaughan in it so you can't you know you can't dismiss that but robert deval as well yes that's very true reasonable cast yeah it is um, but I can't quite remember what the plot was. No, if, no. It had a, if it had a plot, it is all about that one. Although he drives them, you see the Mustang throughout the film. It is all about that that sequence near the end. Yeah, yeah, the kind of duel between those two sort of automotive titans, if you like, um, is 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 brilliant. Yeah, can't yeah. knock it really. 
while we're on the uh, Steve McQueen topic, actually, there's there's one massive film that we've well again not overlooked, just haven't got to, uh, and that would be uh, Le Mans. Oh well, yes, indeed, yeah, and that definitely is a car film. There is a side story, but there's a lot of car in that. There's a lot of car in there. That that certainly takes precedent. There's one car in that that really excites me. That of the opening sequence of Stephen McQueen arriving at Le Mans in his 911S. Beautiful. It, yeah. Oh, beautiful spec. Absolutely gorgeous thing. Just oh. It ruins me, that does. <laughs> well, he knew his cars. He did. Steve McQueen. He, he, yeah, he did. And it's, it's what was it? It was slate grey. Uh, it was a 1970, I think. Very good. It was yeah, on the pl- it had the plate uh, SB2795. Oh, I like that. Nice detail. And it was sold... It was sold by Sotheby's a while, uh, quite a while ago, actually, but it's still okay. It's still in there. I think it was. Uh, it broke the million mark. Wow! Because, well, I suppose it would, yeah, because it was the one he used in the film. Yeah, I, of course. I, I get a feeling. Uh, I think the story goes that it was delivered to him on set, right? So, and yeah. it was. And it was specced to within an inch of its life. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Everything on it that was available. Yes. And possibly a few things that weren't. Yeah. yeah well, you're allowed that if you're Steve McQueen. Yeah. He was very particular about that. Didn't he have um, a. He had a Jag, didn't he? That he, again, he custom specced, which I think is now at the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Uh, what was it? Is it is it the XKSS? Yes, that was it. Yes, mm. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, mm. in British Racing Green. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously, yes, indeed. Uh, yes, uh, that that one is at the at the Peterson. Yes, he he knew he knew his cars. Part of the reason that he's earned himself a place on my wall. That there, I do have a photo, a framed one of Steve McQueen. Because do you? I, it, it's it's one of those things. It comes back to you. It's it's really difficult to be that cool. He was the king of cool. He just was absolutely in whatever yeah. he did. Just couldn't help it. Yeah, only just cool. Only to, I wouldn't say rivaled on par with James Dean. Someone who came to a, a sticky end in mm. a car. But again, film star, massive petrol head. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that was that was such a shame. Wasn't that a Porsche? It was. I'm sure it was. It was. It was the Porsche. Was it the 550? Yeah, I think it was because the story goes that he had ordered a Lotus, but it was was, they were taking so long to deliver it that he ordered the Porsche just to be going on with. Yeah, Um, that was it. That was the end, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was the yeah was the it was the 550 because it was the those are the ones where it was the silver ones, the red interior. It was certainly silver, yeah. Yeah, and it's the one that you get the nod to when you look at the Boxster prototypes. 
Yes, that's right. Cool car, but uh, it's yeah, it's an unfortunate backstory. Didn't yeah. it get found? Yeah, it did. Re- fairly recently, wasn't it? Y- yeah, fairly recently. Yes, it did. Yes, I believe so. The actual one. Wasn't it nicknamed as well? It was called Little Bastard, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I'd forgotten that, but now you say, yes, it was. Yes, if there was ever a car with more history than it deserved. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure whether you could choose between them for how cool they were. No, I don't think you could. I don't think you could. They just inherently are, but for different reasons. Yeah. To to switch it up a bit and go, well, actually, let's go worst. Well, I've got one, which actually I think could... Well, it, two films that are related that... Mm-hmm could fit in either camp. Oh, go on then. Okay. And I say they're... Well, you'll you'll know why they're related um, by the car and actually by mention of each other would be Vanishing Point and Death Proof. Oh, uh, okay. Fil- both films feature the same cars, uh, or same car, same central car, the Dodge Challenger. Yep, um, Challenger RT. Yeah, and Death Proof, of course, is directly referencing Vanishing Point, and is the reason they're using uh, a white Challenger RT uh, in that film. Very unusual film for Mr. Tarantino, and both films that I actually really enjoy, but I can't quite say why. Again, <laughs> very little story in either of them. They're both about the chase. Yeah, it's not a lot of substance, is it? No, not in either of them. Um, mm. But the car action is so good um, in both films that you kind of forgive it. Yeah. And it's the same car. Uh, well, not the exact same car, as far as I know, but uh, and both meet a rather sticky end. This is true, yeah. They're both a bit bent <laughs> by the end of the film. But yeah, no, I no, I know. But what it you could mean. you see what I mean? It could it could be in you could say that's good or awful because they are both both of those things. They're both awful films, but a tricky one. It that would depend car on actually. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah it, it comes a lot down to mood there. I think. Yeah, yeah very much so. Very yeah, much. That... So. There was a there was a nineteen nineties remake of Vanishing Point as well. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh God, no, I've um, never seen it. Yeah, again, it's it's an exact remake. There was no development there at all. Okay, um, it was an exact remake. But at one point, there's a slight twist. At one point, one of the police officers who is pursuing the challenger uh, ditches his police car and goes and gets his own car, which is a Dodge Charger RT. Okay, in order to pursue him, and it meets a sticky end. But there's a wonderful close-up of a bumper sticker on the back of the uh, Charger, which Mm. says, my wife, sure, my dog, maybe, my Dodge, never. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's kind of cool. (laughs) Yes, the remake is, is not. Is not good, but uh, I mean, none of those three films I would particularly describe as good films, but they do have strong car action. In terms of the one I was going to suggest, it's definitely in the crap category. <laughs> okay, I think you're going to agree uh, agree entirely, and that would be Death Race 2000. 
Oh my word, that's awful. Oh yeah. Oh, painful. Well, a bit of David Carradine and a young Sylvester Stallone. Oh, acting dear. at their absolute best. I'm sorry, what? You acting? <laughs> that's truly terrible. I've only bothered to watch it once. Yeah, truly, truly terrible. That's possibly worse than my my choice for really, really bad. And I don't know if it's one you've seen. It's called Runaway Car. Uh, no, that doesn't ring a bell, actually. In 1997, it stars Judge Reinhold, who, of course, was in the Beverly Hills Cop films. And it is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a car whose engine mysteriously starts racing and the brakes don't work. And the whole film is just this car just careering across one state to the next. Uh, with various police forces trying to figure out the most ridiculous ways of stopping it. And uh, the three people on board the car, uh, again, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And eventually, well, I won't spoil the ending. Um, But again, it's a story with the loosest possible, a film with the loosest possible story and the most ridiculous solutions to the problems that the characters find themselves in. And... uh, it's worth a watch, if only to strike it off the list. <laughs> it's okay, a bit strange, isn't it? It's very strange. Um, it's a very strange film because everybody in it takes it really seriously, and they're all doing their best with it. But there's just there's just no story. Mm-hmm. It's just w- woman takes her car in for repair. The mechanic messes it up. She goes out on a road trip, and she can't stop it. And that is the whole film. That's your lot. That's it. Wow. And there's various police officers along the way who try and get in their way or come up with these weird and wonderful solutions as to how to stop the thing. Uh, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Runaway car, check it out. What a state. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. You do, yes. Oh, on, the, on, the, on the death race topic, it became a heavy influence for a computer game in the 90s. Oh, that rings a bell. Do you remember Carmageddon? Yeah, I do. Is that where it came from? Yeah, that's where they got a lot of their ideas from. That's not a good starting point, is it, really? It's not, but, I mean, Carmageddon was, I mean, arguably more popular than the original film. Uh, well, I would say that's probably fair, probably because it had more substance to it, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, well, it was essentially that. It was, uh, please be awarded points for mowing down various uh, <laughs> pedestrians. And do you remember in the film where they uh, uh, they went past the nursing home and all the staff wheeled out the old people? Oh, dear. You do, don't you? Yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Classy. Cringeworthy. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, sorry. My mistake. Definitely cringeworthy. Well, I think uh, that's probably enough of that for this week. Uh, Check us out on uh, all the various social medias and things. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.